Oh. All right, Christian, we're here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're at KNWAC. <laughs> Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Hello, 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 everybody. Melina Boswell here, co-founder of New Wealth Advisors Club. And today, happy podcasting today. Today, we are going to be talking about the numbers. Do you know that real estate is nothing more than a numbers game? So today with me in the studio, in the house, I have Andrew Boswell. Hello. I have Tim Wilkinson. Hello. Mr. Oscar Solaris. Hola. And David Boswell. Hey. All right. So today we thought it would be fun to have a conversation about the numbers and how important it is to understand that real estate investing is just a numbers game. We were actually out in field training a while back and in the middle of field training, I said, you know, this is so important for everybody to get. This is just nothing more than a numbers game. There's no secret sauce to this business. It is nothing more than numbers. So somebody said, oh, that is exactly a podcast. So I said, cool, let's do that. So uh, Tim, Oscar, we're going to let you, Tim, I guess we're going to start with you. You're going to start okay. the conversation. Start the conversation. Okay, so what, about, what numbers. about numbers? Because you're the numbers guy. Right. Well, there's a difference between the numbers, right? The ARV, the repairs, all of those numbers. But th- today we're talking about uh, the sheer numbers <laughs> of what it takes to be successful in this business. And um, we're talking about like phone calls, homeowner calls, you know, the more conversations you have with a homeowner, obviously the more success you're going to have in this business. And in my experience, at least, the numbers always play out. You know, like for me, when I first got started, I was I wasn't very good at this business. I wasn't very good at the conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I look back at the numbers at the beginning, I was in the one percentile. <laughs> right. But after years, after eight years or so of doing this business, I'm much better. But if you were to compare it all the way through, my numbers have evened out. And I can pretty much tell you if I have if I talk to 100 homeowners, I can tell you how many contracts we're going to sign, basically. OK, so that's good. So tell us, uh, 100 homeowners, how many contracts are you going to get? Probably around four. We're right around the 4% range. OK. So that seems like, I mean, how many people I wonder are out there and they hear 4%, you know, feel sick about that. Right. So maybe, maybe like that's it. Yeah, totally. It seems like it's nothing. So why don't you talk about that? Like, can you back into the numbers and what does that mean? 100 conversations. Right. So, um, Oscar is my business partner here. So he spent, what was it? Your second or third year? Second year. His second year in the business, he literally tracked all of his numbers from I talked to, I went to so many homeowners. Um, out of 100 homeowners that I went to their house, I talked to a certain number of people. I'll let him share the actual, uh, what his numbers were. But out, out of a certain number of homes that I went to, I talked to a certain number of homeowners. Out of a certain number of homeowners I talked to, I was able to create a good follow-up system to follow up with those homeowners. Um, out of those homeowners, I was able to sign a certain amount of contracts. And out of those contracts, I was able to close a certain number. So, Oscar, you want to share what those numbers were? Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how did you get from 100 to 4? Right. Yeah, so, it was actually 820, not the, the over number the 100, of year, over yeah. the course of a year. And um, it essentially became, uh, how many times do I need to visit a homeowner? 
maybe the same homeowner, maybe different homeowners, but whatever the case may be, it was 820 visits. Um, out of those, there was 120 actual conversations that took place, meaning it was in-depth enough that there was follow-up that continued to happen, right? And a lot of people miss that piece. They hear the numbers of 820, 120, you know, 60, 15, right? Which is, all, and I'll break those down later, but they miss the part that there was ongoing conversations with people mm-hmm. that were continuous and continued to build the relationship and be able to develop that trust, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so raw numbers, mm-hmm. 820 uh, went to 120 conversations. From the 120 conversations, we were able to get 60 contracts. So half. Half. Half of the conversations that you had that were meaningful turned into 60. So half of them turned into a contract. Right. That's right. huge. And then from those, uh, 60 became the contract and 15 of those I actually acquired. So right. the 15, 50, 25 is 120 is 15% of the 820, 50% of the 120 is the 60, and then 25% of the 60 is the 15. Okay. Right. So when you asked from out of 100, how many contracts did we sign? The, the quick numbers is out of 100 conversations, 15% of them turned into, out of 100 homeowners, 15%. Or 15 of them turned in a really good conversation. Well, that's, I think, a more important thing because what right. I heard was 100 conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. But you didn't really have 100 conversations. No. Right. Well, yeah, he went to 800. So we started the numbers a little different, right? So yeah. he went to 862. Is that the number? 820. 820 number. He went to that house and talked to, talk to them and 120 no. Became conversation. No, because you didn't talk to 820 people, did you? I visited 820 right. doors. <laughs> but you did not have 820 not conversations. No. no, you had 120, which is 15%. Right. So I feel like that's very important. So, so I think that, to your point, the focus is less about how many doors I visited. Right. And more so on how many conversations I actually had. Yes. Right. right? So now when you look at it from that perspective, right, it's <clears throat> 120 conversations. Yeah. Right. Fifty percent of those became contracts, right? Right, and then fifteen of those ended up being actual deals that I. Yeah. So the real answer to the question, the way I heard it, the way I posed it to you, (laughs) maybe the way I asked it was, uh, of a hundred conversations, right? You would have four. So that's not really right. It would be more like fifteen. Right. Yeah. Out of a hundred conversations, we were at like twelve actual deals that we closed. So that twelve percent. Is about where we're at for, if we're having from the conversation standpoint, but that was in year yeah, that, two. Yeah, that was just going to say. There's there's an important factor there is that it wasn't when I first got involved. Right. right, right. It wasn't out the gate. I just joined the club. I learned how to do this, and I went out and hit several home runs. Right. Doesn't happen, right? Right. So what is the so what is the takeaway then for that? The, the takeaway is that. Um, Google will never get you there. <laughs> so so that's really where the takeaway is. The takeaway is that all and we say this around the club all the time. The information mm-hmm. is available. It's available. What got Oscar there was the activity and what got me to to a level that's comparative to there is that actually taking the action and working alongside with somebody like Oscar who could coach me inside of that there's no book who could teach me how to have a conversation with a homeowner. Right. That's the difference between 
what like what we do in the club and going to uh, certain um, online communities or things mm-hmm. like that. If, if you're out there on your own and all you're doing is getting information, like that's the information is available, but Google will never get you to the to the door. They'll never get you in front of the homeowner. Right. So I don't know if I'm David or Andrew and I'm listening to this, like, I don't know, like you're young men that are like full of energy, full of like drive and ready to go. So when you hear Tim and Oscar talk about those numbers, what do you, what do you think? Like, what do you feel like you want to go do? (laughs) Like, like what's your, what does your instinct tell you? Have a lot of conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Andrew's knocking on the door and David's like, have as many conversations. (laughs) Right. Right? Like, it's like, if you have to have a hundred and you know that you have to get better at them, what does that tell you? You have to do what? Go have conversations. A lot. I, I think there's the other number that like we we have somewhat steered clear of is the 820. Right. Right. Oscar didn't knock on 120 doors and close 15. It was an average. He didn't close 15 out of 100. He might have closed two out of this hundred and 20 out of this hundred. It, it, yes. it that was an average across the entire year of 820 doors, and that's a lot of activity. It is a lot of activity, or is it? Like if you break down, I was going to say, if you break down 820 doors over a year and you, you figured out it wasn't actually 52 weeks, you actually figured it out over 40, 40 weeks, which means what? It means Oscar took three months off. But anyway, um, <laughs> only because I could. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So if you look at it that way, like how many, how many doors, cause what we're really talking about is door knocking. So how many doors did you knock? It's, it averaged out to 20 a week. 20 is a week. 20 prop is 20 doors a week a lot to knock. No. No, not if not, not at all. Not at all. Hmm. How many is that a day? I mean if you go If you get, if you work 7 days it's like it, 3. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half, three yeah. a day. Yeah. So I mean who can't do that? Who keeps themselves from doing that? It's mm. probably the the bigger piece of the puzzle, right? Right. Cuz I think talking through it like we are right now, it's like a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know for me, I want to run out and go knock doors right now on my way home, don't right. you? Yeah. <laughs> I think, again, I mean, I, I keep going back to the 820 because most yeah. people knock 20 doors a week for five weeks and they think, oh, I knocked 100 doors. I haven't got my 15 deals yet. Ah. And they quit. Right. Because probably more than likely, and it would be, take Oscar to answer this question, but um, more than likely the first 100 doors he knocked had zero impact. Right. It was probably all of the most of the impact came from the eight hundred, the eight hundred to the eight hundred twentieth door. Hmm. I believe that's completely true. Yeah, and the, completely. Yeah, yeah, and most was, people can't stay. Yeah, there right? was still a uh, a development that had to happen, right? A right. skill set because we all have skills. And I like to remind people that everybody's had success. They have to remember how they achieved that success because those skills are probably the same thing that they still need today, but they tend to forget it. So like we, what? We try to, Such as well, tenacity. Right. Right. The choices that you make. Right. Like, for example, if you're at work and your boss says this is your deadline, what do you do? Do you wait to the last minute or do you actually plan and strategize and go forward? Now, there's always those that wait to the last minute. Right. Because <laughs> they work well under pressure. Right. Right. It's not a good plan, though. It's not, not a good, good business plan. plan. But, but if you actually um, position yourself in a way that you're going to chisel away at that. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to achieve that success. So, one, you have to stay engaged. You have to be tenacious about it. You have to maintain your drive. Mm-hmm. Those are things that have to happen. Right? But most people just, um, you know, I, I've always 
looked at people in their journey, mm-hmm. how they focus so much on where we are today. Yeah. And don't ever really think about where have they been yeah. to get to where they are today. Mm. Right. So they focus on instant. Well, if you did it, done. I should have it by tomorrow. And that doesn't happen. Right. There's so and so I like to have them reflect on what did it take to achieve that goal for you? So once they can do that, they're, they reset themselves, and now they, they, they start becoming better at attaining their goals, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and it is a numbers game at the end of it. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, and this business is absolutely a numbers game. It's about having the conversations. And you had them do an exercise a while back, right, mm-hmm. which I loved because it was all about conversations and have them track their conversations, how many – and I think that it was like a silly challenge of like 60 conversations. In like three months. In like three months. Yeah. So – but – you, you felt the buzz in people, right, yep. that they were actually doing it. They would post it on our, our group and, yeah. and all that. So it was, it was cool to see people go through that. And there was a lot of activity and a lot of things came from it. A lot of fruit came from it. Right. right. You know, there's this – there's just the absolute truth, the universal truth, which is this. Activity produces results. Right. And I feel 1 million percent confident that I have been saying this to people for 10 years that I've been coaching them. Activity produces results always. I believe that sometimes people take, like, it's so big, they think of 820 doors. So they either want to take it in, you know, 400 next week. (laughs) Right. Right? Because it seems like, oh, I just got to get to that 820. And then, you know, not recognizing, honestly, if you consistently knocked two doors every single day for a year, you would not recognize yourself at the end of the year. Right. Or your bank account. Hmm. Right. <laughs> the problem is people don't take the time to do two doors and two doors is so easily attainable. Right. You know, and so that, that's always my question. How do I get people to do uh, to knock two doors every day? What if you just considered it that way? And I can tell you this: the students that I have that we have that we've been coaching that have success. That is what they do. And what starts to happen and Oscar, I know that the year you tracked this, I know exactly what happened. You literally, you know, we call it Big Mo. Big Mo showed it. Yeah. That's what happens. Momentum. Momentum, man. Momentum starts to, it becomes that train. It becomes the steam in the train. And and what does a locomotive do? You know, it just, it just, you can't stop it. Once Big Mo gets going, you cannot stop it. Well, you can. You stop it by stopping the activity. But the truth is, is that. I I like to say that you stop it by derailing. Derailing. That (laughs) is exactly right. Because that's really what happens to you is you derail yourself Mm -hmm. and then all hell breaks loose. Yep, and you're trying to figure out what happened. Right? Well, I'm not sure if that was if this is what the purpose of this conversation was. We were talking about um, just the numbers, but when Look you say so boring, when you say the derailing, one thing that I know for me is that if I'm not careful and if I don't learn other skills, uh, Big Mo will run me over. Dang. So that's what for me it's. Um, the derailing becomes a uh, not learning the next level of leadership, which is, mm. you know, leverage part finding people to, uh, you know, we had this conversation just the other night in, in, in a mentorship meeting with a few, uh, a few club members. And it, it really comes down to if you're not ready to start leveraging so that big, otherwise big Mo will derail you. Big Mo will run you over. You will go deep into, uh, overwhelm. Yes. Big Mo can overtake you. Yeah. And that's what happened, I think, for Oscar, right? If we're being completely honest, that's exactly what happened for you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You uh, you become overwhelmed and you lose sight mm-hmm. of 
things. Exactly. And so I like the way you put it where, you know, you're, you're not preparing yourself for that next evolution mm-hmm. in your career, in your business. Mm-hmm. And, and it's real easy to lose that focus. Uh, and, and a lot of it really has to do, for me anyways, it had more so to do with being a one, well, I'm not going to say a one-man team, but because it, it was Rebecca and I, my wife and I. Uh, but just the two of us could only handle so much, and we tried to take on too much. So now we completely lost sight of everything that was going on. We focused on the things that were important at the time, but you know that's why I use the word derail, right? Because our success actually derailed us. Yeah, right? totally. So you yeah. have to be able to find that balance, and that balance comes from, to your point, Tim, of leverage, right? And the leverage isn't that I'm, I'm leveraging other people, Mm-mm. but I'm leveraging myself as well mm-hmm. right alongside of other people through partnerships and being able to evolve that way and then the growth becomes exponential right i just had a conversation with uh with frank about this mm-hmm. right and and we'll see where all that ends up but it's it absolutely gets you into overwhelm mode and now you have to do something about it yes and um, my challenge became i didn't see it coming mm. <laughs> right you right. didn't see big mo running you over yeah I, my back was turned to the locomotive, mm, right? right? And it just plowed through me. Right. So now my head's on a swivel again, and I can see everything that's going on, and I know the direction that I need to move on mm-hmm. and the things that I need to focus on. So, And isn't it better? It, it is. So much better. Yeah, it's, it's better to, to be a part of a bigger thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what we talk about is mm-hmm. how do you become a part of a bigger thing so that you can do bigger things? Mm-hmm. Right, because then the evolution is inevitable. Right, we're going to continue to grow and, and build some cool stuff. So yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I, I love um, I, I love the numbers um, only when it gives me something to aim for. Like I, I get that the numbers are important uh, because you know that it's completely possible. So I think it's great to be able to model your numbers. Right, you gave us an exact um, formula that we know works. So the the only question is, are we going to work? Right. Right. So I, I just know this. I know that small, consistent, consistent. I feel like everybody should just sit on that. Consistent activity is going to absolutely produce uh, results that are measurable and, and like pretty much guaranteed. Right. Right. So uh, so here's the question for everybody out there. What are your numbers? Do you know your numbers? I ask people this all the time. Do you know your numbers? Do you know your numbers? What are the numbers? You need to know them because if you don't know them, uh, you're, you're never going to – you'll end up quitting. You will end up quitting. What about, the, what about this number? Because uh, I have a lot of people that – we have a lot of people that we work with and they're like, well, I just – I need um, – I'm trying to have – do real estate full time, let's say. So here's, here's a number for you. What number is that? What number is it going to take? What, how much money in deals are you going to have to make in order to quit that job? What, what, let's talk about that number. Yeah. Because that's an important number too. Yep. Because a lot of times we talk to people and we find out that, that first of all, they're much closer than they thought they were. Yes. So. Yeah, that's a really important thing. Do you know how many people I've mentored and coached that I told them to pick the number and then I've, I've mentored them and watched them make money. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, I know they've hit that number. Right. So I go to them and say, what was your number again? Cause I think I remember it. I'm pretty good about remembering people's numbers. And they say, well, it was this number. And uh, haven't you made that? Yes. Do you have that in the bank? Yes. Why haven't you made the decision? Uh, you know, Right. People are more afraid of success than they think. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> We'd rather be comfortable. And it's interesting how yeah. <clears throat> when you pose that question of what is your number? Mm-hmm. Most people don't know. Having a clue. Don't have a clue. They, they talk about financial freedom. They talk about I want to work for myself. <laughs> okay, so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get the deer in headlights thing, right? Because people just don't. Because they don't believe it. Out. I believe it's because they don't believe it about themselves. They don't believe it's a real possibility. It's a cool thing to say, but I can I can share this. Um, for since I got involved in this business, I've said that <clears throat> one of my biggest goals was to retire my dad, pay off his mortgage, and um, this last year, six months ago, around Christmas time, um, something really huge for me happened, which was first of all. Um, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and it really started me, um, reflecting on, on like, man, I, it's all stress. I know it's stress and I, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. like that, the can't, like, I know he stresses out a lot. Every time I talk to him, he complains about like his job and Mm -hmm. what's happening there. And, um, so anyways, I don't know why, but for some reason I asked him, you know, how much do you owe on your house? (laughs) And, the thing that was the worst for me was realizing that I probably could have paid off his house two years ago. <laughs> but for eight years, I've been saying, I want to retire my dad. I want to pay off his house. But I never got the number. Yeah. So and this Christmas, yeah. for Christmas, I paid off my dad's – my sister and I paid off my dad's house. But it was – but it came down to getting that number but Tim, and just finding it. Isn't finding that interesting? Because haven't I had this – you have heard me talk about absolutely. this exact thing, Right. Remember, my goal was always to retire my parents, and I didn't know the number. And you know what always happens is that uh, when when you really ask what the number is, because I didn't think to ever ask the number either. It wasn't until my stepdad and my mom were sick, and that's when I realized, oh, I need to know what it's going to take to retire them. And once I asked the question, I learned what the number was, and we retired them eight years ago. Right. I'm sorry, 10 years ago. And you... How soon after you found out the number did you retire them? Immediately. Right. Because most of the time we can actually do what it is we want. Absolutely. It was completely in my – yeah. It's because in my my mind I think I thought retiring them meant, I don't know, buying a $500,000 house or something ridiculous. You know, something that just was completely unattainable and that wasn't the truth. The truth was it was a really small attainable number that we were fully capable of doing. So even though I, you've, I've been mentoring you for 10 years. I've heard you tell that story multiple, multiple times. <laughs> and yet you didn't do it. I never, I never asked my dad what really is the number. Yeah. And then when I did and I found out what that number was, my, I called my sister immediately. I got off the phone with my dad. I called my sister and said, this is how much they owe. Yep. I have enough money to pay it off. Do you have enough money to cover half? That way it's not just me taking this on. Right. She said, I can ha- I can handle that, and we yep. paid off my parents' mortgage. It's awesome. I know. Yeah. We're giving total snaps up for that because that is awesome. Man, if there's nothing more, if you get nothing more, really know the numbers. It is all a numbers game, isn't it? It's all numbers. Everything is about the numbers. Did you see how offended Tim got when you said numbers are boring? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I am kind of a numbers guy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> except when it comes to your parents' mortgage. Right. <laughs> and just attaining your own goals. Right. <laughs> There's that. Right. All right. So, well, I think this was a cool conversation. I hope that we inspired everybody out there to know your numbers. Know how many numbers. Uh, So there's a few things I think that are a good takeaway from today's conversation, and that is this. Number one, how many conversations do you need to have to back into the next number, which is how many deals 
you're going to have, which will inevitably back into the next number, which is how much money you're going to make, which brings us to probably the most important number of all where everything needs to start, which is what are your goals and how much is it going to take for you to reach those goals? And don't say financial freedom because financial freedom is a lie. There's no such thing. You have to know the actual number that it's going to take to get you to the the position and the place that you want to be. And you are probably much, much closer than you even know. Boom. Absolutely. All right. Everybody have a great day and go figure out your numbers. I hope the next time I see you, you just walk up to me and give give us give me your number. Just tell me whatever number it is. I'll look forward to hearing that. Don't yeah. aim low. Don't aim low. Aim high. <laughs> or yes. be, yeah. All right. Yeah. Think big. <laughs> All right. Boswell's whipping out.